Today on The Topping Show, Starbucks makes an olive oil-based coffee line, Walmart sells moose jaw, and a woman in Chicago defending herself is now being sued by the attacker, his family, for $10 million. All that and much, much more on The Topping Show. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in today. Today's episode of The Topping Show is sponsored by ExpressVPN and Topping Technologies. ExpressVPN helps protect your online data, and Topping Technologies is an IT value-added resource services company with a special proficiency in IT security. If your business needs assistance, you can reach them at sales at toppingtechnologies.com. Now, going on to the business section of the podcast, Home Depot announced they were going to invest $1 billion to increase wages. This during the one of the greatest economic downturns of my lifetime which is a fancy comm- commitment to their employees as well as the business as a whole, they say this will result in increasing the hourly, hourly wage to about $15 an hour across all markets. This also coming after in the news that they slightly underperformed Q4 and they are going to scale down their expectations and their outlook for 2023. They actually missed analysis estimates for the first time since 2019 they also announced they're increasing their dividends by 10%, which is a great, it's a really good sign that a business is increasing how much they're paying employees as well as increasing how much they're giving to their shareholders. And they're just, so that's great news all around. I'm not too shocked that they slightly missed their earnings. A lot of these companies, especially Home Depot, during COVID had peak record performance because a lot of people during COVID, they had the opportunity to work from home for the first time and they realized, hey, I'm in my office most of my life at my home, why not reinvest? So a lot of people wanted to do the DIY and do it yourself. Went to Home Depot, was one of the staples for buying materials as well as having employees with expertise to help you complete those home projects. And personally at my rental house, the largest room we used to do the master bedroom is actually I turned into the office in the podcast studio. So I'm not too surprised that a lot of people are reinvesting and where they're staying values houses just keep increasing more and more as people are migrating away from the cities to the suburbs. Now that is trend is starting to slow down a little bit and some people are starting to go back to the office. It definitely is a contributing factor of why Home Depot's sales were down a little bit and probably one of the great companies. I probably, <laughs> I mean, I probably went to Home Depot at least maybe 15, 20 times when I was baking this table. And this is a 150 year old antique barn wood. Then you pour some bunch of epoxy on it and all the little materials and all the screws and all the bolts and everything that holds it together. I mean, I lost track how many times I've gone to Home Depot to make this as well as the big podcast tables I have. So they got most darn near everything you need. Now, on the contrast, Amazon announced they're going to cut corporate pay. So an anonymous source told the Wall Street Journal that Amazon's long slump has cut 2023 pay by 15 to 50 percent below target levels while or other sources say that over the year they plan to raise one to four percent employee pay and they will not issue stock units to make up for the plunge and their stock is down 29 percent over the past six months it's no shock that there are rumors that jeff bezos may be coming back to the company to try to turn around as a lot of companies when their founders leave and they start to go in different directions. Sometimes the founder comes back and they're able to propel the company, bolster their profits, take into a new, more appropriate direction to maybe the original company's value lines and their core competencies. 
So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Amazon, again, Amazon, another company that had a huge bump during the COVID crisis because everyone, I mean, the government ordered all the mom and pop shops closed by threat of police with guns. So you couldn't go to your mom and pop grocery store, your mom and pop hobby store, your mom and pop any store. However, you could go to major retailers as well as Amazon since Amazon delivers. So they had a nice little exemption, which helped bolster their company even more, already being the top e-commerce platform in the United States. Now, Tesla, undercut their goal is to undercut the U.S. average car price by $5,000. Their first price cut was in January, where subsequently Ford also offered $7,500 in discounts for their Mustang EMAC, which is neither Mustang to any purist, but it's the most popular name they have in the portfolio, which is probably why they named their EV the EMOC after their iconic Mustang sports car. So it's a Mustang in name only, not Spirit. And it'll be interesting to see how, I mean, they're already increasing their sales. So both companies are, they're benefiting from the price drops. Tesla Model 3 sedan now sells for $4,930 less than the average cost of a new vehicle in the United States. And the perhaps doing the fact due to the fact that there's no price gouging because tesla is direct so that's probably saving people a lot of headaches you just go to your tesla store buy it online you don't have to worry about the quote-unquote market adjustment where we have for example some honda dealers they're adding twenty thousand dollars for honda civic si or a honda civic type r which is a great vehicle at maybe the msrp but i'm a big fan of the, i have a honda civic si gen 10 that i, let, or I really love that car it only comes with a stick shift as sport cars as they're intended as they should be but the dealerships are bragging about putting 10 15 20 grand markup on it just as a it's just a way good way to piss off all the consumers however i also blame the blame the people who are buying it you have so much money you're going to pay 60 grand for a honda civic i don't care if it's a type r that's 60 grand i mean the stickers i've seen are quite astonishing now the tesla model y started 2023 by dropping in price by $13,000, which even before they dropped the price in 2022, they were the third most sold SUV in the United States, with the first being the Toyota RAV4 and the second being the Honda CRV. And there are a couple of reasons behind this price drop. It's, just, it's not all altruistic. They're also going to reap heavy benefits, or rather, their consumers are going to get a lot of benefits from the US government via subsidies and tax with the taxes. So now you can't get a tax break or for the Tesla Model Y, it's you know, a six-figure electric vehicle. Now, Tesla's run out of, I forgot what they call the actual term, but allocations. So they've used up all the tax credits in that area of the market. So they lowered the price point so that their buyers could qualify for this new price point, more around 50 grand, I believe. So it's clever because people are basically getting that money erased from their income tax on a federal level. Granted, back in the day, you have a federal income tax in the government and the, everything worked just fine. Back before World War II, there was no such thing. Perhaps that's one of the reasons they call it the good old, day, good old days. Now, going to Walmart, they're going to sell Moose Jaw to Dick's Sporting Goods. Now, Moose Jaw is a Michigan-based brick-and-mortar online sporting goods store found, retailer founded in 1992. They have brick-and-mortar stores in six states with about 350 employees carrying 400 products and 400 brands rather. And Walmart bought the chain for about $51 million a few years back. But Walmart cited the difficulty with direct-to-consumer products, as well as those products being hard to integrate into large companies. Perhaps this is something like a 
maybe a Yeti. Because if you go to Walmart, you don't necessarily see the Yeti. You see their own brand of coolers and tumblers. But other sporting goods stores, such as Texas-based Academy Sports, they have a huge collection of Yeti. Same with North Dakota-based Shields. They have a bunch of Yetis in theirs. And perhaps it's more brands like that. And Walmart just had a little bit of struggle with those integrations. But it also goes against Walmart core competency, which is perhaps best described as a renaissance man, where you know a little bit about every topic. If you go to Walmart, you'll find a little bit about darn near everything. You will find your staples like groceries, but you'll also have the basic supply of shoes, clothing, got pet supplies, a little bit of hunting supplies, some ammo, depending on your state and where you are, that kind of varies. Now, it's interesting. They're selling this. It doesn't sound like they ever integrated it completely into their store, but they're selling it to Dick's Sporting Goods, which is a Northeast-based sporting company that a lot of people grew suspicious of their dedication to the hunting category because during one of the shootings in 2019 where an evil perpetrator took the lives of many using a black rifle, Dick Sporting, as the CEO, probably proclaimed they were good, going to destroy $5 million in inventory of assault rifles. I use that term in quotes for the people listening because that was literally a term strategically picked through polling by gun control advocates because it was the scariest thing. They tried other terms like sniper rifle. That wasn't really scary in the guns. Like a sniper rifle doesn't look any scarier than a hunting rifle because bolt action, they look about the same. But a black tactical looking rifle, that's an assault rifle. Although many would say it's integrated technology since it was invented over half a century ago with Eugene Stoner when he was working at Armor Light, ironically headquartered in California. It's called AR-15 because it's the Armor Light rifle which is an aerospace company that had a subdivision making firearm prototypes and subsequently one of the most popular firearms in history with over 50% of U.S. rifle sales being the AR-15 style pattern. Now, the CEO probably said we're going to destroy $5 million of inventory. Our company's never going to stock this again. However, Dick's Sporting Goods owns wholly Stream and Field, or rather Field and Stream. That company is an outdoors company which specializes in fishing, hunting, outdoor, hiking, etc. Also, black rifles and accessories such as the standard 30-round capacity magazine. And even more ironically, some of these locations, they're connected. So a field and stream is connected to the same main building as Dick's. It's right next to each other. But it's a separate checkout, separate, separate POS system, separate in that regard. So they're kind of getting the best of both worlds because they were still making the sale, just not with the Dick's brand, the Dick's logo. However, many hunting enthusiasts and any shooting enthusiasts quickly abandoned Dick's sporting goods for that very reason of crowdly destroying $5 million in inventory. And their stock price, I mean, actually went up a little bit because they got the publicity. All the media outlets praise the CEO for getting rid of all that. So it's a little weird that Dick's is going to be buying this outdoors brand when they already have one. Maybe they're going to kill the brand of Field and Stream completely, but it'll be interesting to see what happens long-term with that sale. Hopefully all the employees keep their jobs. You got 350 employees and it looks like an interesting store. I haven't had one local to me in my lifetime to actually check out firsthand, but their on online store looks pretty interesting and compelling. Now going to the culture section of the podcast, and it's a little bit of a sad note of kind of the continued decline of society and crime incre increasing in certain areas. However, it somewhat has an interesting ending. So a woman in Chicago is defending herself 
and she took the correct action to stop the threat. Now, the family of that threat actor is suing her for $10 million. Now, if you look at the video on YouTube, it's going somewhat viral, as, some, as the kids might say. You have a very large man going up to a woman. He wraps his arms around her, starts tossing her around, and she, she actually goes above and beyond, in my opinion. She gives verbal warning while he is attacking her. You'll need to, I'm not, again, I'm not a lawyer, but that seems to be, it goes, that goes above and beyond the stand your ground policy. I'm not sure if Illinois has that. Many states do. It's vital to, if you read the actual law, it's not the scary thing that's actually being portrayed as. Stand your ground law summary is a situation in which you feel your life is threatened. Your duty is not, you do not have a duty to retreat. That is a precedent that is set, or rather policy that other states have, such as New Jersey. Now, let's go through a scenario. If you have a duty to retreat, let's say someone breaks into your house in the middle of the night. You can't stand and fight. You can't defend your family. You, The burden is on you to re remove yourself from the situation. So if you talk to litigation attorneys and national policies, as it's written in states like New Jersey, you're supposed to, by law, if someone breaks into your front door, run around, turn around and run through the back door. You have to take every effort, the literal law is every effort possible to remove yourself from the situation. So if anything goes wrong, basically you're sued into oblivion in that situation. Standard ground, however, gives you the legal right to defend yourself. If you feel your life is being threatened, you also have to prove that appropriately. So it's not as superfluous as just saying, oh yeah, my life's threatened. It has to be reasonable. So someone coming up, wrapping their arms around you, hitting you, that sounds like the exemplar use case for that situation so she told him many times hey stop i have a gun i'm armed he wouldn't stop so she turned around and shot him subsequently ending that threat actor's life some are saying it's a some are trying to conflate her role so technically her full-time job is a chicago police officer she was not in uniform and she was using a personal handgun so in terms of the situation she is going to be treated as a civilian and in my opinion she will she won't face any criminal charges, or sorry, she, if she's prosecuted criminally, she will easily defeat that charge based on the material we have now. And it's disgusting. Now in civil court, perhaps one of the most famous distinguishes, distinguishing moments in civil court versus traditional, you know, um, the court, sorry about the brain fart there, traditional court, if you're being charged for murder, the burden of proof is pretty damn high. It has to be beyond a reasonable doubt, with one of the most famous examples being O.J. Simpson. They had to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that he was a murderer. Because there are some gray areas, the prosecution could not get that 51%. They couldn't get a majority says guilty. He was, the charges were dropped for him. However, in civil court, that burden is much, much, much less. It just has to be a little bit. You just have to prove a little bit. That's why O.J. Simpson has had to pay millions of dollars because he lost the civil case. Now, the family of the threat actor here is suing her for $10 million. Based on that situation, they shouldn't receive a bloody, they shouldn't receive a penny given the information we have at hand with how she defended herself. And it's sad that in these days, days and age, you have to worry about the legal ramifications of protecting yourself and your family where it seems so black and white in terms of the situation, how it went down. And it also goes to show you should always have, or highly recommend, having some type of insurance, specifically for his defense and firearms. There's a lot of 
nonprofit nonprofits as well as legal entities specifically designed to handle those types of situations. I'm not a paid spokesperson for any of them. I know Kalyan Noir is one of the most uh, famous Second Amendment and firearm civil advocates, and I believe he's an ambassador for USCCA. So I've heard a lot of good things about that organization. Read the fine print, make sure you're properly covered and you're aware of your coverage for you and your family. So if you have this situation, they will fight for you appropriately and to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that you ended the defense, or sorry, rather, you ended the threat to protect you and your family. Now going to the politics, which inevitably also touches business, the White House declined a veto for the Apple Watch ban. Now, the White House upheld a International Trade Commission, ITC, whose ruling may result in an import ban on Apple Watches, according to AliveCore. And AliveCore is a business, A-L-I-V-E-C-O-R. Now, AliveCore is a medical company that has accused Apple of patent infringement. The ITC ruled in December that Apple did infringe on AliveCore's wearable electrocardiogram patents, though the commission called for a ban on the Apple Watch the imports in order, let's see here. The order is on hold because of a dispute between uh, before the patent trial appeal board, which recently ruled in LiveCore's patents were invalid. So you have a couple conflicting situations here. One court is saying the patents aren't even, even valid. The other court is saying if the patents are valid, then they should have a right to stop this competitor for stealing their technology. And this isn't the first time that the White House and the president actually got involved. Back in 2013, then-President Obama vetoed a similar ban on iPhone and iPad imports after the ITC ruled that Apple had infringed on Samsung's patents. And it's one of those interesting situations where there's a big there's a big deal out of the court of public opinion. I don't know if LiveCore sells direct-to-consumer or if they just sell to hospitals or business-to-business -business type of sales. But no one is going to be happy if you take away their shiniest toy. Millions of Americans love the Apple Watch. And in many cases, these litigations are going on for years and cost a lot of money, lots of lawyers. So it'll be this stretch to see, see what the long-term decision is made. But it might be as simple as Apple pushing on an update that temporarily disables that one feature. Because then you could perhaps say that they're not infringing on technology because it's not using it. And if it's even a certain software link, they can remove it. But... Just given the immense power, Apple is quite literally the most profitable company on the planet. They're more profitable than oil, diamonds, gold, all those mining companies, all those natural resources companies. They are worth more than all of them, which is quite astonishing and a great, fantastic accomplishment, too, to think it started off as many tech companies did in a, in a garage with Steve Jobs, Steve Wozniak. That's, that's astonishing. Because of that power and because of the court of public opinion and just the sheer market share of how the volume of how many of those watches are out there, I don't necessarily see this going in a live core's favor. Again, I'm not a patent attorney or a lawyer, but just reading about what I have over the past little couple of days that I just don't see it going their way. Now, other pseudo politics, and I say this is, you know, politics affecting business again, and this one perhaps being more appropriate, or in my opinion, more valid. Now, the EPA is ordering Norfolk Southern to handle the cost of the Ohio train derailment, which has resulted in one of the largest chemical spills, at least in my lifetime, that I've been aware of. Norfolk Southern is a Class 1 freight railroad that was formed in the United States in 1982 with the merger of Southern Railway, 
Norfolk and Western Railway, now headquartered in Atlanta, covering 19,920 mile routes in 22 states. So they have they have quite a widespread that they have to take care of. And the EPA is also threatening that they will have to pay 3x if they A, cut corners, or B, the EPA has to do the work on their behalf. And then they turn around and say, hey, this is our cost. You're paying us 3x multiplier on that number. The situation is progressing and it's it's one of the most, it's a quite sad situation. It started off with the local and federal authorities evacuating everyone within a one mile radius of the derailed trains and the government officials ordered a quote unquote controlled burn of the industrial chemicals. I say quote unquote, well, cause it's a quote by them, but also a little bit of my pessimism because that's one of the most precarious ways to get rid of chemicals because it goes in the air. It doesn't go straight up. It moves. One of the reasons that no one has used chemical weapons in mass since World War One, partially because of the inhumanity, partially because it's not as effective as people thought it was. Because at the change of a wind breeze, all of a sudden, your mustard gas going towards your enemy, it comes right towards your troops. Same thing is similar to this situation. You think it's going to go straight up. It's going to go all over. This isn't one of those specialty they have a special, the United States has special disposal processes for getting rid of such as chemical weapons that we've stockpiled throughout the decades. They are in the middle of nowhere and they heat it up to such a high outstanding temperature that it simply evaporates and goes rip. It's much more effective at destroying the harsh chemicals. There's probably a smarter way to say that with more science terms, but rudimentarily speaking, there are facilities specifically designed for what they're trying to do here in this situation they're basically just it's just an open field burn it up and they're claiming they're doing it to decrease the risk of explosion which of course explosions aren't good either i don't know but i feel like there has to be a more effective way to deal with this situation and more properly contain all those hazardous chemicals one of the most hazardous ones includes vinyl chloride which is a known human carcinogen fancy word of saying it'll cause cancer and other bad things to happen to you and it's commonly used to make PVC pipe, which is the white pipe you see at places like the Home Depot, as well as throughout your plumbing in your house. And it's even more disgusting to see politicians use this as a lightning rod and as a cudgel to bully each other. There are some politicians ignoring the situation completely, which is foolish beyond all belief. A lot of politics is just optics and being at the right place at the right time and doing the right, also doing the right thing. But being there when it counts, and one of the most important lessons in my life is it's one thing to show up, but the most important thing to do for someone or anyone in that matter is showing up before they know they need you. That's a very special, unique, intuitive skill to have. I mean, in this situation, there should have been resources deployed overnight. And a lot of people blame the bureaucracy. One of my favorite books I'm actually almost done with, I'll probably do a report on it, but I mean, Home Depot. I mean, one of the ways they were able to build a company because they have very little bureaucracy. And they actually note that in the one of the chapters they talk about their nonprofit work where if there's a hurricane disaster, their store managers have the freedom to immediately just deploy resources, whether it be extra wood paneling to put up on people's houses to protect from some type of hurricane or setting out extra generators or ordering more generators to make sure they have an appropriate stockpile of the stores to facilitate the demand, as well as helping folks for free with materials as well as labor. And they can do that swiftly and effectively because the stores have the individual freedom to make those decisions 
they don't need to call manager and manager and manager and manager and manager. And by design, that's one of the disadvantages of having a larger government is you have those extra steps that you have to go through to get simple tasks accomplished. And in certain ways, it's advantageous. The founding fathers want to have a little bit of gridlock in order to prevent too many laws or rights to be taken away or misinterpreted throughout the years. So some is by, by design. In this case, I really wish there's no reason for this to be a divisive political thing. However, it's becoming one. It would be nice if everyone just came together. Granted, in the perfect world, it would be nice if everyone just got together along all the time. However, that's not so happening here. I mean, my thoughts and prayers are with everyone. I hope the families of other folks are there. There's a lot of anecdotal evidence that's already coming out with independent reporters from the Daily Wire, which actually flew a reporter out there. They're an independent media company, or some say conservative media. Or sorry, they are conservative media company out of Tennessee. And their reporter said they actually tasted some weird things and, you know, just taste a couple of miles away. They will taste something in the air and they smelled something. It, a lot of suspicious things. And a lot of folks reporting that their pets are dying within the area as well. Those being independent, anecdotal, and I was about to say civilians in the area reporting to news outlets such as the Timcast IRL, which has a very popular daily YouTube channel and a chat feature where you can contribute your own thoughts and ideals. So I, don't, I definitely don't think the one-mile evacuation radius was enough, and I hope that swift action is taken and everyone could come together to make sure all the families and everyone is taken care of and made right to the best of everyone's abilities. So I really hope Norfolk Southern goes above and beyond with their response. Time shall tell if they do the right thing. Now, going on to the business blunder of the week, which some might say debatable. Now, Starbucks is creating a olive oil coffee in order to lure the Italian market. Which is fascinating because... I've heard of Little Italy, and I know a couple of folks that are Italian. This might be one of their secrets. I have never heard of an olive oil coffee. I know it's used in many of their foods. Maybe this is a thing. This might be one of their secrets getting out. We could be at the forefront. But I mean, I'm checking my watch. It's No, it is not April 1st, so this is a serious business initiative. They're going to be putting time, money, and materials behind all this. Two of the most expensive things in business being marketing and educating the customer, telling them we're going beyond our core competency. We're coming out with a new supplementary solution or in this case, product. So you're gonna have to spend money to tell people about that. And this new line is gonna be called Orieto. I don't know if that's pronounced, might be close, but it's O-L-E-A-T-O. -E so that's gonna be the new product line. And it's gonna have three new drinks. The first is gonna be a Orieto latte with oak, oat malt, milk and olive oil. Second will be the Olietto Ice Shake and Espresso with oak milk, hazelnut syrup, and olive oil. And third is going to be the Olietto Golden Brown, or sorry, Golden Foam Brew, craft, crafted with Starbucks sweet milk infused with two servings of olive oil. And it's one of those bizarre things. I have never, I, perhaps they're taking the Apple approach where instead of asking for feedback, they're saying, we will build it. We're going to design it because we know we're going to go break, make some, you know, break through technology or food offering in this case, and they will come. Similar to the old adage of that stadium, if you build it, they will come. But perhaps I'm a little bit more pessimistic. I mean, personally, I think one of the reasons Starbucks is so astonishingly, astonishingly really exceptionally successful is their complicated mixed drinks. It's basically candy in a cup if you look at nutrition facts. Personally, I haven't done that since college. I just get the black coffee with a little bit of ice so I can chug the whole thing immediately because I need caffeine energy right now or yesterday, sooner. Now, the two reasons I feel Starbucks is justified in their price point is 
I get it when I'm one. It is a mobile office with free, fast Wi-Fi. You'll connect within seconds, or if you have a hotspot, it's also a safe, clean place to work. I usually like hotspot because it's more secure. What for your average folks, who, you know, free Wi-Fi through their corporate network, as long as you make sure it's theirs, not an imposter. That's a great value. And for that, I'll pay five bucks if I'm in between meetings or I have a client. It's a great place to conduct business. So to me, that's worth $5. With more and more people working from home and dining at home, I just get the cheapest real bean coffee, grind it up, make my own coffee. I've never thought of olive oil, and given the cost and complexity to introduce a new product, it'll be interesting to see this might be the most profitable idea in history. Time shall tell. I, I am a little pessimistic. I don't think it's going to be long-term. Perhaps it's a seasonal thing, but It'll be interesting to see if they can make a profit off of it because they're going to have to spend a lot for materials for all this thing. The olive oil is not a cheap thing. If you buy the authentic real olive oil, there's a lot of fakes out there. Read the label. You'll see what the percentage is. Some might be real extra version, but if you look at the percentage, it's 10%. So that means 90% is BS. It's not the real thing. So it'll be interesting to see long-term fakes for profit. But right now, I got to say, that's got to be the business blunder of the day. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in today. Don't forget to tell your friends, tell your family, tell your co-workers, heck, tell your enemies, tell anyone. Just thank you for listening. Stay safe and fight the good fight.